I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show, with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. Actually, there's a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, we're going no, to no. take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And tonight we will not be talking... What the hell? This just in, an urgent weather alert has been issued for the greater Los Angeles area. Huh? Temperatures in and around the city have plunged into the 50s at night and will be hovering in the low 70s during the day. If you factor in the wind chill factor, that means it will actually feel like it's in the 50s or the low 70s outside, or as we in Los Angeles call it... Freezing. <laughs> Residents are urged to wear sweaters and possibly close the windows. LA-bound flights originating from locations outside the southern Florida region may be delayed, so Los Angeles-based lunch reservations with those returning from holidays outside of the area may need to be adjusted or rescheduled, depending on how exclusive the restaurant is. Mm. TDPS Weather Services encourage you to go ahead and have lunch with someone who spent the holidays locally on your original reservation timetable to avoid creating a lunch backlog as those inbound from areas areas unwilling to deal with their own winter weather conditions in ways developed after the 19th century will be here when their Conestoga wagon gets through Donner Pass. Repeating, L.A. is experiencing bulky to heavy sweater weather and residents are urged to dress accordingly. These conditions may affect other areas as well, but how would we know about other areas? We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. This has been a TDPS Weather Alert. Well, that well, I got jumped by the sound effect there. That won't alienate our audience at all as we sit here in the glamorous sunlight on the edge of a vast sea of ice known as the former continent. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's going on, Eric Shaw Quinn? I just really have been absolutely... It makes me, It makes me crazy that the first 15 minutes of every newscast that I have watched for the last week has yes. been... It's cold and snowing outside in January, and it's like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, winter is actually cold. It is That's still the January. News. That's correct, and I'm sorry, and it's a drag for people in those areas, and I hope everyone <laughs> listening has power people and soup and, and slippers, but I also think that it's time for us to like maybe consider the possibility that it might be cold again next winter and do something besides... like, like. When the planes ice, they actually spray hot water on them. Like, right. maybe there's a more advanced way to do that. Maybe we could have heated runways so that the ice doesn't accumulate on them <laughs> at all. You know what I mean? Like, just put solar collectors out I there can't that decide. power up. Wait, I can't decide if this is a great idea or something a 10-year-old would come up with. Like, there'll be heated runways and it'll be cool and there'll be steam coming off I of them. I don't see why that is a problem. Like, Well, I, I think it's a good idea. I and think highways that, and, uh, you know, yeah. like, we're still going out. We still do the same thing that we did 100 years ago when it snows. And 
I just feel like it's the 21st century, guys. Surely we've been working on something besides better phones. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a very good point. But let me let me put it to you this way. Here's why I think we've been deluged with this. Taking or considering for a minute that your response to this is largely a response to the news media coverage. I, although I, I do think that heated runways at airports would be an interesting or idea. Or something. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the engineer to consult with. But something other than, oh, my God, let's right. cancel all the air flights because it's winter again. Yeah, no. No, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I would like us to consider the fact that TV news is now reporting on stuff like weather all the time because nobody is going to TV news for actually relevant news anymore. Or they're either going for opinion-based journalism or they're going to the Internet or blogs that, that are political and aligned with what they believe online. You know, and I think what we're definitely seeing, and we talk about this all the time with your least favorite person in the uh, news media industry, which is Jeff Zucker, who took oh, over CNN. Who's ruining, that, doing to CNN what he did to NBC. Well, he's he's redefining what the middle is in this highly polarized partisan news media landscape. And the middle is the fucking weather, for lack of a better term. And to be fair, I actually think that CNN is a good job for Jeff Zucker. I, I think that really? he should have gone. Yeah, I think a network was a disaster. Well, obviously, I mean, look at what the condition NBC is still in. Right. You know, that's his handiwork. That's his inability to actually deal with a real network. But for he was brilliant at the Today Show, and so right. he's just going to turn the entire CNN, the entire network, into the Today Show, which I don't think is a bad idea. Yeah, absolutely. They got on. Uh, they really <laughs> the Today Show is on most of the day. Anyway, they really pissed off some liberal blogs because I don't even know if you and I talked about this off mic, as you say. But uh, Melissa Harris Perry apparently got into trouble, and I'm putting that in air quotes on MSNBC because she did a segment on the Romney family's Christmas card, and apparently one member of the Romney family has adopted a black child. Uh -huh. And uh, Melissa Harris-Perry and her roundtable of panelists were scoffing at this and laughing and making jokes about it. And they said that someday it would probably marry the child of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Well, the right wing was outraged again because it's not been five. We can't go five minutes without somebody being outraged about something on the Internet. And she apologized genuinely and in a very sort of heartfelt way. And she said, I didn't I don't like. I don't think it's appropriate to make fun of politicians' children. She's I like, think that's, that's not something we do call. on the show. Good for her. And Mitt Romney accepted it, and they've moved on. Right. But CNN did this piece on it, as it, you know, this basically a hit piece on MSNBC. Isn't she in trouble? And isn't this outrageous? And talked to a variety of experts, and it's like it seemed really smelly to a lot of people, like it was one competitor attacking a rival, and it wasn't actually news or reporting. You mm. know, Melissa Harris Perry's ratings are not that significant in the grand scheme of TV news. So, it, you know. The but that's the new, that's the, we're not right, we're not left, we're not really involved, we're just going to report on it for our own right, financial Right, it's the game. impartial thing. Yeah. Or it's like Albert Brooks says in Broadcast News, let's never forget, we're the story. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I hope that they will keep the same level of, uh, the same volume as they, uh, as they, Scream in outrage because that man was fired from uh, Guns and Ammo for writing. Right. This a, was in the in New the, York Times this morning. Yeah, I posted about it on my Facebook page if you're looking for the article. But yes. Yeah. The, I, I'm waiting for Bobby Jendel to get all, you know, and up in everybody's grill about free speech now because this man has been fired from Guns and Ammo and right. kicked off the television show for saying that he thought that all. Our, our uh, constitutional rights are regulated, and maybe we should consider the possibility that our gun rights might be regulated as well. Mm -hmm. It's just a thought. Like, yeah. where is the outrage? I, I don't right. know. Everybody was all upset about free speech when Phil Bigot Face from mm -hmm. um, the Duck Dynasty just decided that he wanted to compare me to drunkards pedophiles and, and, and pedophiles and, and people who and have talk sex about with animals black people like they were Jim Crow children. was a lot of fun and let's let's be segregated because it's right. you know easier and we make more music yeah. that way yeah they were the happiest people on God's green earth before all this trouble with civil rights and stuff um yeah I I just think that I, I it, if it's good if it's sauce for the goose it's sauce for the gander I, yeah. I don't mind people saying that but let's have it happen all over the place and if it's not well then you're just then it's just bullshit. And it's you bullshit. Shut up. It's total bullshit. But let me tell you what I think the type of bullshit it is, is that the radical right in this country is no longer even trying to speak to the other side. They are only speaking to their base. And so that's what Sarah Palin is all about. She only has to do these circular logic bullshit arguments that fire up her own base. And that's fine. But then we should stop reacting. Didn't they reinstate Mr. Bigot They reinstated Mr. Bigot because the rest of the family on their top rated show said, put him back on the show or we're not going to 
going to fucking work for you. That's what happened. They all got together and said, we're not doing this. We're not going to shoot a new season. It was, a, it was I think, strategically not – if the, if A&E didn't see the ultimate outcome of what was going to happen, sorry, it was a what, dumb what move. What channel? I, I don't recognize the name of that channel. <laughs> Arts and Entertainment. I, I don't know. If, I know, never heard of a channel the name. Eric Shaw Quinn has already begun the mental boycott of A&E. In his never head. heard of them. Yeah. They don't anyway. exist. Anyway. There's no network named that. We have a party person weighing in on our earlier discussion. Michael Rakowski says that they are heating the runways in Denver, but not the access roads, so you can fly into the airport, but you cannot leave the airport. <laughs> but there's a great daily grill there in the main... <laughs> it's actually a beautiful airport. I love the Denver airport. Well, I hope so, because apparently you can't leave once you get there, so enjoy. Enjoy. Well, that's a great idea. And yeah, it's the same thing. I feel the same way. Like, okay, so... The roads are going to need to be cleared, too. So what can we do about that besides sprinkle salt on them and, you know, get big plows and drag out? I, I That's certainly a part of it, I, I guess. But surely we can come up with, like, lasers that, you know, that, that beam on lasers the Lasers are cool. That go out in front of a truck and just melt, truck just vaporize lasers. the snow as they're going down the street. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm not a consulting engineer, and I don't understand science enough. I'm not even sure how the toaster works, for God's <laughs> sake. But, but the toaster does work, right? And the toast gets toasted. Like, I don't put it on a stick and hold it over a fire still. I actually yes. have a toaster and a but microwave I just, oven. I love that somebody who has absolutely no contact whatsoever with winter has all these very strong opinions about how winter should be addressed by the, the rest of the, the country. Just, You're like, just get it off my television. Get winter off my television. Well, well, Fix I don't it. Mind did it like look at these beautiful pictures from Central Park? And here are the <laughs> skaters, and here's the snow in the trees. But like, you get snow in the trees, and they get heavy, and they fall on the power lines. And then we spend millions of dollars putting the power lines back on poles so right, that next right. year, when the snow gets on the trees, it can knock the power lines again. As long as we're going to spend the millions of dollars, let's spend it on doing something with the power lines other than hanging them from poles because that doesn't really work. I agree. I, I, you know, like even if we just replace the ones that fall down each year, mm -hmm. you know, with ones that can't be knocked down, we would slowly be making progress towards a time when that stops being a story because people are left without power and uh, in because it's winter again. It, <laughs> I just I, I, I listen. I it's all I, it's like a surprise every I year. Know. Oh my god, it's winter again! And they always it's the worst winter since the last time we reported I on know, winter. I know, I know, I know. Listen, um, they did a recent study. Somebody somewhere I don't remember the exact source of it. They, they wanted to figure out which was the most dangerous part of the country to live in. And what would you think it is? The most dangerous region? I don't know. I would say somewhere where, you know, out in the countryside. Well, it was the Northeast. And would you like to know why? Because people freeze to that? Winter. Yes, winter is the most dangerous thing that can happen to you. What are what most of our listeners are going through right now, many of whom apparently are sick, I'm being told. Greg Wilkie, Buffy Peterson, no, and Jesse Colton are I'm all sorry, sick. I'm sorry, guys, and I hope that it's at least warm where you are. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I, a friend of mine was telling me the other day, her, her parents are in Massachusetts and they will not buy a generator. And she's saying to them, this isn't a luxury item. If the if the electricity goes off, if the thermostat fails, you won't have heat. And, you know, it's like endangers your life to not have heat right. in winter. Yeah, that could so, be yeah. really bad. You know, here we bitch about Santa Ana's because we have to open oh, the windows. The weather here is so ridiculous. I mean, really, the, the, the weather report was as much a take on how ridiculous yes. we are in Los Angeles about the weather. Because people really do, I swear to God, people really do say, oh, it's freezing outside <laughs> when it's 50 degrees here. It's like, no freezing. Eric, an Eric, actual Eric, temperature. Eric, Eric Shaquin, you are always hot. You are hot in every room. And I know you you're hot like a girlfriend hot, but you are also you your your internal thermostat runs higher than anyone I've ever known. Like the war between you and my mother over the temperature of her home <laughs> this holiday season was really, really funny. I would get nervous when Eric was on his way over from his hotel because I was like, Okay, I gotta adjust the temperature because he's gonna be hot and then there's gonna be words and whatever. But you have all your life you have been super, super um heated, if you will. I am. I am definitely. I'm. I'm I've warmed to every occasion. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but okay, <laughs> we can roll with that, homie. Yeah, anyway. I do. I think I actually run a little bit of a fever, actually, all the time. Fever. Like, like, like your normal temperature is ninety-eight point six. I think mine is actually like just a couple of tenths of a degree higher than that normally. 
which was great when I well, was in school because I could just go say, oh, I don't feel well, and they would take my temperature, and it would be high. <laughs> you had a constant temperature. Well, you were born, burn, excuse me, you were born in Germany. Burn So in we Germany. can't rule out that, like, the Nazis messed with you technologically. Or there was, you know, some nuclear fallout something or whatever. In right? Germany? I don't know. There were, surely never, there were missiles. Nuclear or, device has okay, never well, gone off in some, Germany. Some incendiary fallout from all the bombing. Somebody was That's killed like by something a, I would say. Somebody was killed by a World War II bomb in Germany this last week. What happened? Wait, no. Were, a construction worker hit it while they were just digging. They were doing some construction work, and it blew up and killed the guy. Uh, we have another weather report well, coming Christopher, in. Christopher, from... you were deeply moved by that <laughs> poor man's fate. <laughs> I'm getting Shea Butters is sending urgent dispatches from our party people. Oh, Shea is First always all, worked up about something. Talk about somebody with a high temperature. It's apparently in the lower. This is geography with Chris and Eric in the lower hemispheres of our planet. Uh, it is summer, and the it asphalt is. is apparently melting in North Queensland, Australia. This uh, urgent weather report is coming to us from John Matson, who comes from south of the equator. So, you know, um, the Once point again, of that story is there continues to be weather everywhere. And there and, you know, and they continue, despite the fact that the roads are melting, to make them out of asphalt. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, it's the same. It's the same story. Like, OK, that's too bad. Like birds, you know, birds don't build a roof on their nest when they get rained on. They just get wet. But they're birds. We, <laughs> we're actually a little bit more sophisticated. Are than we that. better than a bird? It's my new game show. Are you following? Better? Are you smarter than a third grader? <laughs> it's smarter than a fifth grader. Is actually that <laughs> no. they, they had to raise the bar. <laughs> they, they, in order to get contestants, they've actually have to go down a couple of yeah. grades. Have you heard that Jeff Foxworthy is a redneck? Because I hadn't heard. Oh my God, he was. The I wish I could. Show. I wish I had thought of that. He has made millions. Yeah. Off of. And I'm sure he's the most urbane and sophisticated man in the world. But when the camera rolls, he talks like some ignorant hazy with sure. a media empire. I'm sure he lives in, a, you know, a country club in the, in the Pacific Northwest. Listen, we had um, first of all, we have uh, we have to take issue with our party people this week because this oh, is fucking I, hilarious. I don't know that we should take issue. What's the matter? Well, we asked them to submit their New Year's resolutions. Oh, great! None of them did. <laughs> Very sensible. That way, you don't have to look like an asshole when you don't keep any of now, them. Now, just in case people think I'm making it sound like nobody's listening to our show, they submitted plenty of lovely comments, questions, and their usual snark, I should say. Oh, that's good. But nobody, the closest we got, okay, was this comment from Mike Martinez. How many resolutions have you actively helped someone break? Oh, this is a dinner party show, listener. I've been baking up a storm to help people with those foolish weight loss resolutions. <laughs> and maybe a tiny bit evil, but the whining over what they can't eat because of their resolutions makes me homicidal. Yeah, Mike clearly doesn't live in so, a city with a lot of vegans. Otherwise, he'd hear that whining all the time. So what are your New Year's resolutions, Christopher? Uh, mine is to be happier. <sighs> <laughs> You know, a very wise man that I can never get away from because he's my best friend and we do a radio show together and we uh, travel together and my mother's as crazy about him as she is about me, so he spends every holiday with us, Eric Shaw Quinn, has taught me that happiness is a way of travel and not a destination. I think he got that off a greeting card. I think, or, or maybe the French market. a fortune cookie. <laughs> yes, it sounds like it. But, you know, I, what I learned about myself in the, in the past year of doing, and this dovetails with another question we got, which is do we have any regrets from 20? Just, it all comes it together. It all comes together. It's, it's like, like the, the Celestine prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> Only it's made up of really bitchy listeners of our show. Everything comes together. It's amazing. It's cosmic, dude. So the, the putting the show together this past year was very stressful, and I think there were times when I let the stress get kind of the better of me. And, and, and I would like to... Um, be less of a pain in the ass in the new year. I would like to be a little oh, bit more that relaxed. That sounds great. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> says my business partner and co-host. I would like to stop worrying about things that are, you know, five miles down the road, if at all. You know, because, like, what I've learned this year is that we all freak out because we wake up every morning with no idea of what's going to happen. And if you actually try to say that to yourself in the mirror, like, I'm going to be upset today because I don't know what's going to happen, you sort of sound like an idiot. And it's not about self-judgment and self-recrimination so much as about, you know, growing. Well, I think it's about making the choice to be unhappy. I think most people make the choice to be unhappy for just for on un, reasons just as specious as that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen today, so I'm going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. Like 
all right, well, that, that, but it is a choice. It is not something that is being thrust upon us. And right. I think that therein lies the great gift. It was some Zen thing, like the secret of life is knowing that you can carry the burden and the secret of happiness is knowing you can put it down whenever you want to. You right, know, like absolutely. We all have to lead our lives and we all have to meet the obligations and deal with the consequences of the choices that we make, Edward Snowden, but... You know, mm-hmm. but we can also put them down whenever we want. Yeah. We don't actually have to carry that burden all the time. Right. Absolutely. And I think there you can choose. There are your facts, and then there are your feelings about your facts, and there are two different things. You know, and I and I think that I can make a decision to interpret a situation in a specific way that isn't necessarily factual. That's basically emotion driven. But like you and I will talk about this all the time. If you boil down the things that are truly catastrophic and horrible, you know. I, my partner has died. You know, my my mother has been murdered. You know, it's not actually a very long list, but it has to be that horrible for me to, I, I think, be completely willing to surrender all hope in right. the midst of it. I mean, so, bad things do happen in life, and I don't think there's we need to proceed in a state of oblivion to no. them. But they are, as you point out, much fewer than we are willing to. Like, if every day, because I don't know what's going to happen, is a tragedy, then I live in a world of tragedy. Right. Like, if... Every day I don't know what's going to happen means that I live in a world filled with surprises, then that's the day that I'm going to have. Sure, and that's sure. and that's actually a choice. It's not a circumstance. Right. And this is more, I think, about how we talk to ourselves about our lives when we're alone. You know, I think people hear this kind of <laughs> advice, you know, am I is my life a piece of shit? Am I going down the wrong road? You know, it's about and it's also about how you talk to yourself when you're by yourself, you know, at three in the morning and when it's just you and the voices in your head. And I think we have the power to change that conversation if, if we if we work at it. And that's what I'm gonna shoot for. But the other thing too is I think people hear this advice a lot and they think you're saying, Well, just whistle a happy tune as the house burns down. No, yeah, that's no, not that's, that's not that's it that's at all. That's the opposite. That's not you know? what that that's yeah, that that's one of those circumstances where, yeah, you have to react. Yeah. And I will go back to the regret question, which I glanced over, and then I want to hear what your resolution is, is that I don't really have any regrets from 2014 because we took a lot of risks this this year. And I think another yeah. Eric Shaw Quinn thing that I love is that you really regret the things you don't try for and not the things you you didn't get. That's been my you know? experience. You know, and so I, I feel like we've really I've gone out on a limb in a lot of areas of my life. I did a book in a new genre that was really scary and scary to read and scary very to publish. Scary, but also very well received. Very well received. And, you know, and we took a lot of risks with the show and, and we're trying a lot of different things and moving in a lot of different new directions. And, and, and all of that leaves me without regrets. But but I still I'm determined to address the anxiety well, of making because those it decisions. also leaves you without certainty, mm-hmm. you know, but it seems to right. me that the only thing that I can know for sure is if I quit trying, I will never succeed. Right. Absolutely. So I have to keep showing up and I have to keep doing whatever. And there are going to be consequences and things are going to go the way that they do. And there's no point in being upset about that truth. Right. Absolutely. And OK. So I want to hear uh, your resolution. Oh, well, I've got a couple. Oh. You know, lose the holiday weight. Okay. You know, obviously. So I'm staying away from who is it with the baked goods? Staying away from you with the baked goods. Who, oh, Mike Martinez, <laughs> Mike. who is baking specifically <laughs> right. so he can wreck other people's New Year's I, resolutions. I, I, very totally, spiritual. Very spiritual. I will also be baking cookies, but I will be staying away from the baked goods. I'm starting on Tuesday. The, the post-holiday diet begins, but that's a duh. That happens every year because I like to enjoy myself during the holidays and mm-hmm. eat whatever the hell I want to. And then uh, my big resolution is to try and through some means or other, you know, either through traditional publishing or through um, e-publishing to publish a book Okay. during uh, the course of the year. Okay. Yeah, we had a we had a lot of people ask about your mystery series, which right. you keep updating. And that's on. the one that I really would like to. That's the book that's the closest to being um, in preparation. So uh, yeah, at least the one, and we'll see if there are more. I've got several written, but I would like to get a book published through Excellent. traditional or non-traditional publishing means. Well, we're going to take a music break now. We asked our party people for music requests, and we were offered one by Samiko Salson, which is a little bit of a bittersweet request. She celebrated, or I shouldn't say celebrated, she commemorated the one-year anniversary of her father's passing, and apparently a song that was very meaningful to her about him and possibly meaningful to him as well is, I hope I pronounced this correctly, my French is not very good, is Ne Me Quitte Pas by Nina Simone. So this is for Samiko and her family. Happy New Year. 
tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. Did I tell you what happened to me this weekend? Do you ever not tell me what happened to you over the weekend? Whatever. I'm talking about the noise thing in my neighborhood. You know, there's this construction going on down the street and the crews have been working late at night. Yeah, Yeah, right. I I remember. Okay. Well, I called my local noise enforcement hotline and the message on their voicemail was a little weird. So I Hmm. thought I would record it and just play it for everyone to see if they thought I was overreacting. Uh, All right. How long is it? Uh, Sort of long-ish. Long-ish? Just listen. All right. Thank you for calling the LAPD Noise Enforcement Hotline. Our office is open between the hours of 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. If this is an emergency, please hang up and dial 911. If you're being disturbed by a loud noise after 2 in the afternoon, please hang up and call 1-877-ASK-LAPD. And please don't complain to the operator about how the Noise Enforcement Hotline isn't open at a time when people are being disturbed by loud noises. They don't have anything to do with our hours. If you're calling to leave a message here about why our office isn't open at the time of day when people are actually being bothered by loud noises, please don't leave that message here. Just call like another friend who isn't us or who doesn't work here and leave it on their machine so you can get it out of your system. If you're calling about a barking dog, please hang up and call animal control. But make sure it's a dog and not a coyote because they sound different and the guys at animal control totally was out over coyotes. They think they're like half wolf or something. The following are calls the Noise Enforcement Hotline does respond to. Loud noises that are disturbing you. The following are calls the Noise Enforcement Hotline does not respond to. Noise Enforcement does not respond to sounds that you think might mean an earthquake is coming. There's no such thing. Earthquakes just happen and then they're like real noisy, but there are no sounds before an earthquake. That's stuff you saw on TV. Noise Enforcement does not respond to sounds that you think might be meteors. If a meteor hits your house, you know it because you had no house left. Noise enforcement does not respond to sounds you think are werewolf related. There are no werewolves. Noise enforcement does not respond to sounds that you think are vampires scratching at your windows. You're high. Go sleep it off. Also, there is no such thing as chupacabras, and if there was, that would not be a noise enforcement issue. But seriously, they don't exist, so please, Mrs. Lopez, you gotta believe me, your son is just messing with you. Also, the noise enforcement hotline does not respond to calls about the sounds of an axe hitting a side of beef hung from an elm tree. That's Gretchen. She's a performance artist, and she's always rehearsing, and we are not going near her after last time. Noise enforcement does not respond to sounds that you think might be terrorists filling the sewers with laser guns. This one just doesn't make any sense, dude. You need to stop calling us. Seriously, stop calling or we're going to start closing at 1 p.m. We hope this has answered most of your questions about the noise enforcement hotline. If it didn't, you can call the local noise enforcement office in your area, which is open from 10.45 a.m. to 11.15 a.m. every third Thursday on even-numbered months. Thank you for calling and have a quiet day. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Good taste, gone bad. Welcome well. back to the Dinner Party <laughs> Show. I like that noise enforcement hotline. I'm going to call them for fun. A very specific message. Well, apparently they get a lot of really annoying and repetitive complaints, I have to say. It's obviously they needed to address the laser gun people who are calling in the in the Chupacabra complaints. Yeah, yeah. yeah. although, yeah, I, Mrs. Lopez, I'm not as sure that they don't exist as all that. Well, so. I don't know about all that. That's why I live on a higher floor. So anyway, he's Christopher Rice. I, it's really important that you pointed at I'm me Eric since Shaw we're Quinn. on the radio. Yeah, I'm Eric, Eric Shaw, Shaw Quinn. Quinn, and this is the dinner party show, and we're back <laughs> from our break. And Eric thinks we're on somebody's TV station with his pointing and stuff. Well, I do all kind of stuff. Like, I could do this from home on Skype if I wanted to. <laughs> I actually get dressed up and come in here. I'd be in my underwear sitting at home talking into the telephone if I really didn't care about it. Well, you know what? You're lucky that you can walk places because we're getting weather reports from all of our party people all over the country. It is apparently warm in Florida. Shock. That's about it. Edwin John 
Uh, I think it's Kaufman Jr., but that came through as Joffman Jr. I think Shay is in his cups. Oh, Shay, really? Here's the one that got me, that apparently Alaska, after Florida and after California, is one of the warmer places now. In mid-30s, it is, and windy. Mid-30s is one of the warmer places. Yes, we're talking about a polar vortex, Eric Jaquin. It is negative 23 in Minnesota. vortex. If they spent as much time dealing with the... with modern ways of coping with cold weather as they do on coming up with fabulous new names to call cold weather a polar it's a vortex. Polar vortex. Did they get that from uh, that Jake Gyllenhaal film about the day after tomorrow? Winter tornado. The things? most homoerotic weather movie ever, oh where Daddy God. has to go save his hot I boy from the library God, in New I York was, City. I, when they didn't make out, I cried. Ah, Eric Shaw, you always cry when the guys little, don't make out. Yeah, I know. It really does make me sad. Listen, we asked our party people about New Year's resolutions, and we got a lot of snarky comments. Well, and let's a lot of weird let's let's questions. go over some of those. Well, we, we, we got here a woman named Jeannie Quinn. Does that name sound familiar to you, you know, Eric? I believe I have heard that name before. Jeannie Quinn from Columbia, South Carolina, who raised the loudest mouth in West Hollywood. That Eric Shaw me. Quinn. This is my mother. We're talking about for those of you who are unaware of that. Here's Jeannie Quinn's question. What's yes. the best way for an 80-year-old to keep up with the times and understand all that goes on listening to your show? Well, let's ask our resident 80-year-old, Eric Shaw Quinn. <laughs> well, that is not possible for me to be as old as my mother. You were German, Nazi technology. Yeah, we don't know I how you were made. That's, you know, that's what it is. I'm really scary. Um, I would say it's the same way that everyone does. You know, I, I don't think that staying informed changes when you get to be 80. Uh, for me, I uh, try and look at the New York Times. I really, the saddest thing happened this this year. There used to be a thing called iGoogle, which I really hate that they took away. I had built sort of a f- newspaper front page that had headlines from the New York Times and the L.A. Times and Reuters and Entertainment News and Toll Road and whatever. It was this wonderful sort of the weather this wonderful sort of front page that that just disappeared because Google decided, I don't know, that it would have to. So mostly, <clears throat> for me, I look at the L.A. Times app and the New York Times app and then maybe CNN or MSNBC. And then I also watch, um, you know, the news and MSNBC commentary. I like Rachel a lot and mm-hmm. I like... Uh, Lawrence a lot. You and your mother are politically on the same side of the spectrum, which I is guess pretty so. rare I mean, for really, coming from the South. Usually it's like you have to go home really to a sea of Fox them News. I about their, uh, their weather. But yeah, they're, I don't think they're Fox News. I mother's probably more conservative than me, although you never can tell. I, yeah. I have my own. There are things that I am liberal about and things that I'm conservative about. I think I tend to be like a that Edward Snowden. liberal person. Well, I actually agree with Edward Snowden. I just don't agree with his methods. I, yeah. I don't. I think actions have consequences and and I think he's asking to be absolved of them. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Chuck Schumer's point, Chuck Schumer said today that he thought that, I think it was today, well, recently, that uh, that it would actually, that that his trial would actually be create a great conversation in this country mm-hmm. about the abuses that have been brought on by that horrible Patriots Act. I, I think that I have been freaked out about that since we passed it, and... I think that it is a great risk to the republic to begin giving away the rights that we're supposedly fighting for in an effort to defeat our enemies. And anyway, the question that mom asked was, how do you stay informed? And I think that, you know, there are a couple of really good news outlets that I follow on a pretty religious basis, but not in depth. Right. Like I I follow specific stories in depth when they intrigue me. I guess that's probably the secret to my staying informed is I follow what intrigues me, what seems to be an interesting story. So maybe have a nose for news. Who maybe knows? you do. Maybe you do. But it speaks to this increasing fragmentation of our news sources that we don't we don't have three network evening network news broadcasts that we well, turn to anymore. I just anymore. think Brian Williams is just You a have a crush on Brian babe. Williams. But I will say the downside of that addiction, Eric Shaw Quinn, is that you have to be exposed to a lot of national weather reporting, which is apparently taking its toll on your, it really, your serenity. It really is. It's very hard on me. It's very hard. On Eric no, I just to hear how cold silly. everybody else is here. I it really is. It, I, it is does. Silly. It does breed in me a kind of survivor. My heart guilt goes out because I look at the weather map and everybody else is fourteen and twenty three, and there we are down at the bottom left hand, just this little pocket of orange, sixty five, seventy. Well, 
I look at the reporting and I see tornadoes wipe out a town in Missouri. Now, that's really actually a weather-related news story. That's actually a genuine tragedy. And then it snows again because it's the winter, and they report it with the same sort of— and it's like, it's not the same thing. Like, you can't predict when a tornado is going to wipe out your town, but you have a pretty good idea that it's going to be cold and snowy in the wintertime, and you could maybe do some things differently. Like that bird, you could build a roof on your nest. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the weather anymore. I don't want to talk about the weather anymore. Amy Bellino has all kinds of questions for you. Amy Bellino has all kinds of questions for me. I'm so glad you turned it back to me. I wasn't going to do that on my own, but Amy Bellino would like to know... During my recent TwitFest, did you see what I was doing on Twitter? I vowed to respond personally to every tweet I received from December 26th. And what you principally 26th. did was convince my mother never to get a Twitter she membership. She did. Jeannie Quinn said I did all the talk about me doing porn films and, and, and inappropriate sexual questions. Highly, highly inappropriate, which I answered in great detail, apparently. Uh, convinced her never to go on Twitter. Uh, but Amy <laughs> said during my recent tweet fest, I mentioned two books I was interested in re-releasing in digital format: The Snow Garden with the original ending, and Light Before Day with tons of deleted scenes. Okay, we have an update on my Snow Garden project f- from just moments ago here at the Dinner Party Show studio. So <laughs> here, here, click the. Okay, we have breaking news. <laughs> it's time for the breaking news sound effects. Okay, breaking news, breaking news. So I brought. What I thought was my old computer that I oh that's annoying. How long does that go on for? Uh, okay, tell me. Three, two, one. Yeah, it's over. Okay, that was so annoying. Um, we I brought over my old computer, thinking that my old hard drive was inside the computer, and our computer genius Brett, who is still here with us, although we have no update on his immigration yes, that's, situation. Well, but Amy, he's still that's here. Our, he's no bad news, but no good news either. That's the update on Brett's legal situation. So we appreciate your support. We appreciate your letters. Keep writing to those yeah. bastards. But the really bad news, no, I'm just kidding. Um, the really bad news is that Brett opened up my computer and said, there's no hard drive in this computer. So I don't know where the original ending of the Snow Garden is. My plan is I'm releasing the ebook version with a new afterword, much as I did for my first book. In a, in a matter of weeks, I revealed the cover a few days ago on Facebook. And I now, I, I had hoped to include the original ending with it, which actually was much different than the ending in the published novel. And I don't know where it is. So I'm going to have to look for it. This is really, this is just, I'm, this is going to be on the Brian Williams show tomorrow night. Dear when they get diary. done. <laughs> I smell miniseries. <laughs> it's the Shogun of boring personal issues. So that's my update on that. But yes, I'm going to release both of those books as ebooks. I got the rights back so I could do it myself. I'm experimenting with being my own publisher. I'm designing my own covers. I'm writing my own afterwards. I'm deciding when to release them and how much to charge for them, which is not much. And he's knitting book cozies. I'm not knitting. I don't know how to knit. That's something you do. So thank you, Amy, for those lovely questions. Christopher, what is your best New Year's memory? My best New Anthony Year's Bauer memory. Anthony Bow wants to know. My best New Year's memory. I have to say New Year's is one of those holidays where for years it just felt like I wasn't doing it right. You know, I... Um, it's not really, uh, as a holiday on its own, it's not really that much fun for me anymore because I'm not a drinker and I'm not a big partier and I like to be in bed by, let's let's not go crazy. I like to be at home downloading porn by a certain hour. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> heads up, mom, the show's going the same way as Twitter. <laughs> heads up, Jeannie. Turn that volume down and tell the neighbor ladies to skedaddle. The show's gone NC-17. Uh, so I, I always feel like I've stopped having big expectations about New Year's. I have to say this was one of those first New Year's uh, where I wasn't in some snit in my head about not being in a fabulous relationship with somebody. And I went over or to— Or a terrible one. Or a terrible one, which has been mostly the case in the That's past. the real progress, Christopher. <laughs> Absolutely. So a good friend of mine made black-eyed peas and dirty rice and gumbo, and I walked over to his apartment. And cornbread and collard friend. greens just like I do every year and on New Year's because I just would as soon stay home. It is a night on which nothing happens. Nothing. Every night at 12.01, a new year begins. So you can have New Year's any night that you want to. And if we didn't drop a crystal ball in Times Square, nothing would happen at 12 o'clock on 
uh, Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, I did have a good experience once, but it was more an experience of relief, which is that I was in Israel on New Year's several years ago, and I was relieved (laughs) that our hotel full of Westerners wasn't bombed. Well, you find joy where you can. You really can. The dark side of joy with Christopher Rice. (laughs) The side of joy. When your mother makes you go to Israel. My favorite New Year's was many, many, many years ago, back in the before times, I went to the beach with a group of friends, and it had the earmarks of being the worst. Like, the water heater broke, and it was freezing cold. I mean, there was this whole series of catastrophes. We boiled water on the stove. But we, for whatever reason, it was one of those moments where we just all were resolved that we were going to have a good time. Mm. And it was one of the most fun. I I still look back on it. We tried to recreate it. Didn't really happen. It was Mm -mm. just, it just magically... Okay, it was my first. It was the first New Year's after college. Wow! It was it was the gang from college. We hadn't seen each other for a few months, and we all got we all sort of coalesced at a friend's beach house in. Uh, it's like the big remember. chill meets the no, Prince of Tides meets beach. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It was very big chill. It was the very, very big chill. It was I think it was even the same time period. Wow! So that was on the, the the stereo. That and then I love doing the buffet every year. It's very sort of easy. Okay, so let me say, let me describe what happened with our party people today. So I, I started teasing them on Twitter about how they had not uh, given us their New Year's resolutions. And then, lo and behold, my mother very kindly posts about the show, which I very much appreciated because we lost a cousin of ours today, Yancey Harbison, yeah, which was very bye sad. Yancey. He I was know. a very sweet man. Very sweet man. Um, and I didn't want to start the show on a down note with that, but I wanted to give a hat tip to his memory. My mother posted about the show, and then suddenly we had some New Year's resolutions on oh, our page. Oh, so she got out there and scared up some resolutions, did she? She scared Rand Valeron, because Rand Valeron originally said that his New Year's resolution was for us to do another edition of World's Worst Pitch Meeting, which is his favorite sketch. Oh, thank you, Rand. And then he said, I resolve to master oil painting, go vegan, finish my goddamn novel, all without starving. Vegan, really? Wow, that's a big one. Well, uh, we have a good friend of the show, Jason Mark, who is actually the man behind uh, the Heaven's Rise book trailer that we did. He is really vegan, and going to eat with him is really interesting because he's <laughs> like, did the pan come into contact with butter in the past five weeks? And it's like, he's not a, a dick about it. Some no, people are jerks about it. I actually it. have had lunch with him, and yeah. I, he was very easygoing about the whole thing. He managed to, and he coped with it on his own, and he didn't make it a big three-act play that we all had to, you know, appear as supporting players in. I, know, yeah. I very much appreciate it. I, I respect people for making their dietary choices, and I, I also respect them for leaving me out of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, that's the thing. When they act like they've been victimized by all food and well, they need to enlist you in the they campaign need to, to save Or when them. they need to make me feel bad about whatever it is that I'm eating, which I really am like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Eat whatever Do you want. You leave me know alone. what that cow went through. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, because he know what kind of day I've had. I like James Norris's New Year's resolution to not forget who I am and remember that I am enough while in the gay dating scene. Jesus Christ, oh, Isn't that luck. is never relevant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I that was one of the things I could I I considered resolving to try and go on at least one date this year. And Ooh. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm I'm not sure if I'm willing to raise that to resolution level because really Ooh. I'm so like I've been dating for like hundred and fifteen years and I can't really remember why anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's weird when you're not a big casual sex person in the gay world because people who are having a lot of sex and they're gay, they can act like they're dating all the time, but really they're just hooking up. Yeah, that's part of the reason it's hard to date in the gay world because people don't have a lot of dating skills. And so Mm -hmm. you deal with people who are like, wow, have you ever been on a date before? Mm -hmm. This is your idea of like, oh my God. Yeah, I've reached a point where if I don't want to put a steak knife in somebody's forehead by the conclusion of dinner, it was a triumph. (laughs) Like I've really, I've had to lower the bar over the years and... Yeah, so maybe one, but yeah, I'm with you. That's that is that's a that is a high 
bar resolution indeed, James. I, well, you, I good luck with that. You know, I I every few weeks or so somebody posts on my news feed on Facebook some raging, ragingly angry essay about Grinder and the gay dating scene, and I'm usually with it for the first two paragraphs, and then it devolves into something that you point out a lot, Eric Shawquin, which is that a lot of the people who are complaining about certain fundamental aspects of gay dating or the realities of it aren't working to be the kind of change that they want to see. Like, uh-huh. you know, like how many, you know, your famous story of, of that thing you said to your friend, which I believe we've quoted on the show before. <laughs> <laughs> he was a balding 40-year-old man who was complaining about the fact that young, hot surfer boy blondes were not into him. And you said, well, are you into balding 40-year-old men? <laughs> And he said no. And I said, well, don't expect anybody else to be. <laughs> right? Like, you have to be the change you want to see in, in your dating life yeah. to, in some respects. So um, this gets to uh, Anthony Ball's question of why am I still single? Because apparently I am a god. I think that's really a rhetorical question. Well, that's yeah. because there are no other gods. There's just it's a monotheistic society, so that you'd have to be single if you're a god. I have a lot of slaves. Anthony, <laughs> let's put it that way. Minions. I, I turn into a swan and and have my fun down on the ground floor of my West Hollywood <laughs> and start building. witchcraft. Yeah, no, but you know what? It's really hard. And to get back to that essay, you know, or the essays that I always read, it's that you know people want to blame the internet. They want to blame Grinder, and I think there are factors at play with those things. But I don't. I think they expose sort of fundamental underlying problems in how we relate to one another. And I think they're problems that straight people share as well. There just hasn't always been that structure for us of mainstream marriage to sort of fall into. I'm so intrigued by what that's going to mean for us. Yeah. Like, I'm really, really, really intrigued. I think that the fact that there's a 50% failure rate in marriage indicates that it's a pretty across-the-board problem. Yes, absolutely. Like, our misunderstanding of dating and relationships, I think, is not relegated to just, you know, those of us who have been prevented by law from having personal lives. Well, you know, people point out, as somebody pointed out to me the other day, and I think it's very true, is that this whole idea of a marriage being based on picking a partner who actually made your heart sing is very new. It's very new. You used to have to pick the partner that could churn butter because you couldn't and you were going to be in the fields and they were talented in this area and you all were going to survive together. Like up until very recently, this idea of compatibility and intimacy and emotion, they're all very contemporary inventions and it seems like we're all still struggling with them. And some people say the solution is you don't look to somebody else for all your happiness. You look to somebody else for someone that you have a sexual attraction to, that you have fun together, but that you maintain your own life and you maintain your own personal boundaries and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I would certainly think that that would... I mean, for me, that is the most sensible sort of look to it. That I think the, the key to failure is to look to the other person to fix you. Mm-hmm. I, that is a, It is the way to set yourself up for a relationship to collapse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like yeah. there, there is no, it is an unfair, um, impossible sort of goal to put on somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're almost out of time here at the dinner party show, but there is something that we want to put before our party people. For, for one thing, we want to talk about what we're doing next week, which is something special. We are going to we're doing two things. We're doing two things. It's a double serving of dinner party show goodness. We will be live tweeting the Golden Globe Awards. So rather than forcing our lovely, loyal party people to pick between the Golden Globes and our show, what we'll be premiering here on this on the site or on the stream, if you will, is a uh, best of special from our most recent interviews. We're going to compile some of the highlights from our Dan Savage interview and from our Patricia Cornwell interview, which I'm sure will include her saying nice things about my book. <laughs> Why not? And we'll begin airing that at the usual showtime here at uh, TD, uh, the dinnerpartyshow.com, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. But the Golden Globes will also be starting at that time. And Eric and I will both be tweeting on, uh, excuse me, at Dinner Party Show on Twitter. So if you aren't already following us on Twitter, we hope you'll join us over there and we'll be giving you some fresh original content. And we're going to tweet the whole awards show. So you don't even have to watch the show. You can just, you know, basically read what we have to say about it on Twitter. Or, spoiler alert, if you're not able to watch the show, you can wait and read our tweets later as you're watching. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but the other thing that we want to talk to our party people about is that we are going to be making some changes to the show this year, and we want to hear from you about what you like and what you value about the show and what your thoughts are. And don't try to spare our feelings. I mean, don't be ugly. Yeah, we'll do what we want to, so but, you're not going to, like, you know, like, knock us down. But we wanted to try... We've. We, the first year was really about figuring out how to do a live radio show on the air, and we've kind of figured that out. Right. We really have. We have a, a, an audience of you who listen live every Sunday, but we also have a very large audience that listens uh, to the podcast, which posts the following day on Monday. So we're going to be experimenting with doing more specials, and we want to hear from you about what specials work for you and what you like, what characters you love, all those sorts of things. Probably the biggest change that we're going to make is we're going to go to an hour format. Yes, we're going to. Going to start doing one-hour shows like tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, it would it went very well with the cocktail chatter format while Christopher was on book tour, and right. we really enjoyed um, those sort of more spontaneous kinds of broadcasts. So we're going to do more of those. Right. We're going to do guests less frequently but more intensely. Yes. So there'll still be an hour, but it'll just be about the guest for the hour. Absolutely. And as a, as a sort of counterbalance to that, a lot of our work with our special correspondents will happen during the specials. And our other shows, our interview shows and shows like tonight where you're the guest, will be more focused on talk. So we want to hear how you guys feel about those changes. And if certain changes are really like you miss certain things that we did away with, talk about them. With our talk of them with us on the Facebook page and on Twitter, if you're one of the people following us there. Right. And let us know, because a, a big part of this show is about being interactive with you guys. We have Shea Butters on our Facebook page all the time because we don't want to miss anything, but we will check the page as well during the week. And we consider this a dinner party show where you are at the table with us. So Right. One thing that won't change is the dinner hour. We will be 8 yes. p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, every Sunday, just like always. But... There's going to be more covered dish surprises. Absolutely. <laughs> Depending on what you tune in for from week to week. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it. We leave you with that, and we hope that you all will uh, respond to those points that we raised, and we hope you'll join us next Sunday for the Golden Globes on Twitter and that you'll check out our Best Of special, which will have some original you know, little snippets of you and I talking Eric Shaw Quinn. We're uh-huh. going to introduce all the specials. So it will be a fresh show in some respects. And we will be back with you then soon after. So, unless, Eric, any final thoughts? Well, I certainly want to wish everybody uh, the very best in 2014. Here's hoping it's the best year yet for all of you. Um, We want to thank you for making 2013 our premier year and a success, I think. Absolutely. And in uh, 2014, Eric is going to heat the entirety of the United States infrastructure. And so he may not be here all the time. He'll be off heating roadways and runways and finding Developing laser beam snow plows. (laughs) Laser beam trucks. That's what I love. Laser trucks. Right. With the least likely person to develop anything involving lasers. Eric Or anything electricity or even batteries. Absolutely. Just not the guy, but... It just seems like there ought to be something more. You know what? We'll have a lot more ideas about a lot more things in 2014. to say about it. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And here is Pink. Thanks for listening.